Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No you are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of Gravity. Explore's been hit. Explore, do you read? Explore, over. Explore. everybody you were just listening to the trailer for gravity and the story is as follows dr ryan stone is a medical engineer on her first shuttle mission her commander is veteran astronaut mike kowalski helming his last flight before retirement then during a routine spacewalk by the pair disaster strikes the shuttle is destroyed leaving ryan and matt stranded in deep space with no link to earth and no hope of rescue as fear turns to panic they realize the only way home may be to venture further into space the film is starring Sandra Bullock and George Clooney. It is written and directed by Alfonso Cuaron, co-written by Jonas Cuaron. Here to join me today for this 2013 Patreon retrospective podcast review, I have Casey Lee Clark. Hello. Dan Baer. The movie about how George Clooney would rather float away into space and die than be next to a woman his own age. Josh Parham. Hello, hello. Michael Schwartz. Hello, everyone. Will Mavity. <laughs> That's a great score, honestly. And also joining us as a guest here from Cinematic Considerations from the Patreon, we have Matt Ward. Half of America just lost their Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> if only we could be so lucky. Really? That's a good thing now. <laughs> yeah. We are talking today about one of the biggest films of not just 2013, but one of the biggest films of the decade. Gravity opened up the 70th annual Venice International Film Festival. 
Had a festival run unlike any other, took the world by storm, really firmly cemented Alfonso Cuaron as really one of the all-time greats if he wasn't already regarded as one up until that point. Was nominated for a ton of awards, made bank at the box office, and for many of us still going through what Avatar had started a few years prior and continued on with movies such as Hugo and Life of Pi, it was a true cinematic event to see this movie in the movie theater on the biggest screen possible and in 3D too, if you were lucky. Wow, there's a lot of expectations surrounding this one. I'm very excited to dive into it. Let's first start off with... Josh Parham. Josh, what do you think of Gravity? So I would first want to say that Gravity is a movie that I remember back in 2013 really liking. But to be honest with you, I haven't really had a huge urge to return to it. And I don't know really why, because it's not really a big commitment. It's only 90 minutes. And I liked it at the time, but I haven't really been watching it Uh, in heavy rotation throughout the years. So this was really my first time revisiting it in a very long time. And I think it's a great movie. I think that it is a really great example of just building tension through these very excellent set pieces. And you really do feel so in the moment in every possible way you can in this film. I do think that my one criticism is that the story is sort of on the lighter side, which I'm appreciative of its leanness, but I do think the characters are a little bit a little bit weak in that regard. But it's a rather minor complaint to a movie that I still find to be really effective, particularly in just how it, as I said, sells tension to you. And I think it's a absolutely brilliant piece of filmmaking. All right. All right. Passing it over next now to Casey Lee Clark. Um, Yeah, so 2013 was my senior year of high school, and I was definitely a movie fan and an Oscar fan, but I wasn't as rigorous about it, especially online, as I am now. And so I didn't watch trailers a lot online. So the trailer for this I saw for the first time in the theater. And I remember thinking with my friends at the time of, oh, they just showed the whole movie. And I didn't think anything of it and didn't care to see it. And then it won a bunch of Oscars, and I didn't pay attention and now here we are, and I finally saw Gravity for the first time. Whoa! <laughs> Which I feel like I need to make to preface with, I obviously did not see this for the first time in a theater, so that's going to cloud a bit of my judgment of the movie. But I still really liked it. I think the effects are some of the best I've ever seen. They hold up beautifully, especially, I think, beyond just the effects, the specific look of the spaceships when... Um, The debris flies to them and the way they just shatter. I think I just I really like the look of that. I love the score, as we've touched on just a little bit earlier. Um, I agree with Josh. I think that the story lacks quite a bit. I'm very torn on aspects of it. On the one hand, I like that there's a movie like this. that's 90 minutes only focuses on this. We're practically in real time. But on the other hand, I felt like I wanted a little bit more. And I felt like I wanted a little bit more depth from these characters. But overall, I still really liked it. It's not a masterpiece to me, but I still think it's a really good movie. Okay. Next up, Michael Schwartz. Yeah, so interesting transition there. I'm going to just go bold with my statement here. This is one of my all-time favorite films, one of the most beautiful films I have ever seen. And I have such fond memories of seeing this back in theaters in 2013. I was actually lucky enough to see this four times in IMAX 3D. I was so taken with this film. And each experience, it's this visually dazzling thing that Alfonso Cuaron has put together here with the cinematography and the visual effects and just his direction. But for me, this is the Sandra Bullock show. 
and it is the performance of a lifetime. Everything she is doing here makes Gravity what it is for me. Her story, the arc of her character, Ryan Stone, just everything that she goes through and this journey that you follow her on, that is what kept bringing me back to this film. Of course, you want to see the spectacle and hear the amazing sound mix and the editing and everything that goes along with this film. But if it weren't for Sandra Bullock, this would not be the same film. And her performance has just stayed with me over the years. You know, some movies are just so special to see in a theater. And then they are so formative, so unique and singular that you hope that every time you go to a theater, that experience can capture the first time you've seen something so great. Gravity is the benchmark for me, the film that I always go back to when I want to have a film that lives up to the quality of what a movie can be. It is a flat out masterpiece in my mind. All right. Wow. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon. Next up, Dan Baer. So I remember very eagerly anticipating Gravity in 2013. It was probably my most anticipated movie of that year because I love movies that take place in space. I used to want to be an astronaut when I was a kid and everything. And I love Sandra Bullock and I love Alfonso Cuaron. And he was working with the greatest of all time, Emmanuel Lebeski, um, as the cinematographer. And I remember walking out of the IMAX 3D screening and I had to hold on to something for balance because the movie was so effective that I literally felt like I was in space. Like I couldn't find my balance. It was... It completely unlike any experience I've ever had in a theater. And like Josh, I've never really watched it again, even though I own it <laughs> on <laughs> Blu-ray. Um, and so I just did just before this right now. And I, I remember seeing it once after that in, in not 3d in the theaters 
And I thought it still held up pretty well, even without the 3D that was, you know, so fantastic on the biggest of screens. And now I can say that even without the 3D and even without seeing it on a gigantic screen, this movie still fucking slaps. (laughs) There's just no other way to put it for me. I think this is one of the greatest cinematic achievements i don't know that it's one of necessarily the greatest films ever made but it's like every little thing that it does wrong it does another thing so well that it more than makes up for it instead of taking like one step forward two steps back this movie takes one step backward and then two steps forward um i'm still completely obsessed with uh, the cinematography and Sandra Bullock's performance has held up fantastically well, which was another thing that I was not expecting. Um, I remember thinking that she was good at the time, but thought an Oscar nomination was a little bit like, okay, we just love this movie. And now I'm like, she is the thing that makes the really weak parts of that script still play. And I, (laughs) I love this movie. Okay. We're up to Will Mavity. Yeah, I have to echo Dan Bayer and Michael. I think it's a spectacular film and one of my favorites of the decade. The dialogue is definitely at times it's weak link, um, you know, especially towards the end where she's basically spelling out her entire emotional journey. But Sandra Bullock's performance is just so monumental. I think easily the best work of her career that she's able to sell that. And she and for the time he's in the film, Clooney are both so magnetic that you are almost instantly engaged and willing to support them, even without having that much backstory revealed about them. Uh, The set pieces are some of the best of the 21st century in terms of action. And I think um, of the kind of, oh, you see it for the the craft of filmmaking more than the writing type movies. Uh, Something like this, in my opinion, works better than something like say Dunkirk, because though it is like, Hey, you know, like the writing in terms of its structure is good, but we're less about, you know, we're less about the story. We're less about the characters and more about the experience. This still does have characters that you care about. And I think that's really important. And that's what makes this film so fucking stressful. Because, I mean, it, it is just a monumentally stressful film. And I think because of that, because you care about these characters, that is what has been able to allow me to appreciate the film again when I see it on a smaller screen. Like, I think next to Avatar, it was probably the best uh, live action film is obviously How to Train Your Dragon was spectacular in 3D. I think in, among live-action films, it was probably uh, the second-best 3D experience that truly benefited from it. But I could watch it at home, and courtesy of Bullock and just generally how well the film was paced and how that score works and just how every aspect of the filmmaking craft is firing at 110%. It's very rewatchable. You know, it's it's unfortunate that it kind of came out in one of my uh, favorite years for film of the past decade, because I feel like in a lot of other years, it would be my number one film of the year. As it is, it is still one of the 
the best of the decade, just towering achievement in filmmaking. And finally, up to our Patreon guest, Matt Ward. So gravity is something that I never got to see in IMAX 3D. I live far too far away to go see IMAX regularly. So I caught this super late uh, by myself in an empty theater in 2D and was blown away just by the, the technical mastery that you get even on a less than ideal uh, screening conditions. Um, and I think I'm going to maybe go against a little bit of uh, what some people have said here. Uh, when I first saw Gravity, my biggest question upon leaving was whether Sandra Bullock was the right person to play the part, because I was more curious if she was too famous to do it. Because, And I don't know if it was just because of the relationship of her and Clooney, something was off to me, or if they felt like they needed to have a more novice actress play this this growth journey or what, but it just didn't sit right to me. But now that I've rewatched it several times over the years, I appreciate her performance more and more, uh, but it's mostly in those moments that she's not on screen with George Clooney. And the more I think about it, the more I feel like there's something issue with the Matt Kowalski character and how much he is basically spoon feeding her through so much of this movie but technically visually it's one of my absolute favorite films uh, i'm a huge fan of emmanuel lebesky i think he's the best cinematographer in the world uh, and this is a continuous reason why it's it's an absolute masterpiece that i just need to personally figure my way through some of the narrative elements that don't sit as well for me personally. I echo a lot of what's been said here uh, so far up until this point. A little backstory. I saw this movie in IMAX 3D on a date. And I remember very, very well. I will never forget this because not just the movie itself being unforgettable, but I remember the person I was with, she was gripping my hand so hard during this movie and never once let go and then when she finally did let go it was during the credits and i will never forget the amount of sweat <laughs> that was on my hand from just grasping like onto hers the entire time the way it was and then also my other hand was also sweaty because i was gripping my chair <laughs> because holy hell this movie whoever mentioned tension before this movie really did take my breath away in more ways than one. Obviously, it is a visual masterpiece in terms of its technical wizardry. It's one of the few films that I walked out of the theater. And as someone who went to film school, studied production, is still to this day fascinated by technology in filmmaking and keeps up to date on the latest cameras and gear out there. Even I was like, I don't know how they made that movie. I have no idea how the hell they pulled off some of those shots. I don't know what was real and what was fake and where the green screen began and where it ended. Well, clearly it was all green screen. You know what I mean, though. In any event, this movie was just something that I completely found myself getting lost in because I wasn't able to make sense of the filmmaking uh, quality that was on display. And so as a result, I was able to really just kind of drift off with the story, uh, this, sto this very simple story of survival, as mentioned before. And since that time I saw it in theaters, I have since then only watched it two other times, which I think is a reoccurring theme here in terms of, you know, for such a great movie, it, it, it is odd that it has uh, low rewatchability, but 
I've watched it two times since then. This was the third time. And I do think that it loses a little bit of something that it will never quite recapture ever again for me watching it on a smaller screen. But at the same time, I still cannot deny the impact it had on me on that, that first time and how much that does carry over to the repeat viewing. So it's the fact that it is lean, I think, is a bit of a godsend at, you know, just barely over 90 minutes long. It's not something I ever feel like is wasting my time. And I do find myself once again getting sucked into um, this very, very straightforward story of survival uh, at the heart of it, at the heart of the center here. So with all that said, I do want to first start off by talking about the story, because a lot of you mentioned, you know, some reservations here in terms of the screenplay, the characters and so on and so forth. So before we get to all of the technical mastery on display. Let's talk about any qualms that anyone has here with the story. I I heard uh, Matt Ward mention before that he felt like Clooney's character, Kowalski, was spoon-feeding Ryan Stone a lot of what it was she had to go through. And I, too, got a sense of that on this latest rewatch, maybe more so than ever before, that Ryan Stone, you know, for someone that's supposed to be like a trained astronaut didn't seem all that capable to be handling this situation all that well. Well, I mean, she's not a trained astronaut. They talk about that, and she trained for six months to go up for this specific mission. So, like, yes, she's trained, but not at the level of someone like Matt Kowalski, who has been up in space before, clearly. That didn't bother me quite so much. Um, I don't think it's the best narrative device because it screams we need to explain this to the audience hey everyone sorry to interrupt but this is a preview of our 2013 throwback review for gravity here on the next best picture podcast in order to get the full review you will have to head on over to our patreon where for one dollar minimum a month you will get the rest of this review and other exclusive podcast content from us as well. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture Podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we shall see you all next time. Hey Hey there! there. I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon.